0: Congratulations on finding the Untitled Film Project podcast. So many movies, so little time. We didn't want to leave without getting to some of our favorites and maybe not so favorites.
1: All right, so this is Justin. I'll go and kick things off. Babylon. And it is another one of those epically long films. Three hours long, but it is Visually stunning, for lack of another better phrase, because we seem to be using that for plenty of films. But the way I was describing it, what it is, is colorful. It is mesmerizing.
0: It is chaotic. And it is dark. All at the same time. Hey, this <laughs> is a uh, Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt. and Everything else I don't know anything and, about. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's another <laughs> Damien Chazelle film. He also directed La La Land and First Man. That gives you kind of an idea of the types of films that he directs. This is definitely more long lines of la la land la la land being the 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 positive way of viewing hollywood hollywood loving hollywood. hollywood loving hollywood and everything this is another storytelling of hollywood talking about its own evolution from the silent films to the talkies is the way that it's basically put in the film okay but another main character that I want to make sure gets his doing this is uh diego calva he is the main character in this film aside from margot robbie brad pitt is a supporting actor okay in this but they're obviously using him in the marketing because he's brad pitt <laughs> sure so there's so many dark aspects of this film which some are dubbing it as a comedy i dub it as more of a drama that has some comedy there are plenty of moments where i laugh where it is hilarious but there's always those dark undertones of what is truly happening in the evolution of these actors or these hollywood types in the transition that Hollywood is making. So it is telling a, a deep background of Hollywood that we don't necessarily see as much in film. It is talking about the party life that went on, um, all the different antics that went on, the, the the dark aspects of just Hollywood in general. Very briefly touches on on race, even though it's not a main storyline, but it, it is for a musician that is in this film. So I'm not trying to spoil it for anybody by any okay. means. But Margot Robbie's brilliant in this. I enjoyed her... More in this film than I did in Amsterdam. I felt yeah. like this is Margot Robbie at her absolute best. I'm um, playing the center of attention. Um, but this is a, diff- a different kind of love story. So I say La La Land before. That is a romanticized view of Hollywood looking at Hollywood. where bright colors, vibrant colors. This has dark overtones over it. Because of just how the film overall ends okay. in its evolution. Because you're seeing the downward time of actors that could not make a transition from silent films to talking films. But if anything, if there's anything that stands out the most to me in this film, it is the score. The music in this, just like in La La Land, right? Stood out. The music was great. But this is another partnership of Chazelle and Justin Hurwitz that the music is incredible in this. And when I say incredible, it's that it makes you enjoy the film that much more and stay in the movie because you're just waiting to hear what comes next in terms of the music. From this, I, I greatly enjoyed the film after sitting on it a little bit longer because of the music. I've been listening to the score nonstop on
0: Spotify. Yeah, Hurwitz can do that for you. He can. I, I mean, I still listen to the La La Land soundtrack. They stay with you. But I'm, I'm curious
1: to see what the general public thinks of this because, again, when Hollywood tells its own stories, it's not always the best in terms of how the general public views sure. it. But La La Land overall did very, very well. People loved that movie. Um, but this one, I think, will be a little different because of the length of it. That's what makes me very curious on how the general public is going to view this film because of the length of the movie, um, it didn't drag too much or a few bits and pieces. But overall, you stay within the story because you're seeing the development of these characters throughout the entire story. And I appreciate that as well from the rise and the fall of a lot of these characters. So many people in terms of marketing, are like, what is this movie even about? That's all I can say without spoiling it. It is about Hollywood taking that transition and the evolution for it. And it follows a couple of characters through that transition. So I recommend if you enjoy those types of films mm-hmm. where it's Hollywood talking about itself and it's not necessarily glory days, but the rough days and the evolution of it to the talking pictures, you're going to enjoy this. If anything for the music Babylon score for me, I'm going to go 8.5. That's what I'll give it. 8.5. Wow. The, the, really? The, the music, good. the music drives it for me. Okay. Um, I love the direction of it as well too. Um, great visuals, it uh, gets an 8.5 for me. The acting performances are pretty incredible. It's going to get some talk when it comes to awards.
0: Next up, I want to talk about a movie that I anticipated greatly uh, called Tar, starring Kate Blanchett as uh, one of the world's superconductors. Okay? Uh, not in the engineering sense, but in the musical <laughs> sense, in front of a symphony. Uh, this is a world that I'm not very familiar with in which uh, there are certain conductors who live as superstars in this elite community that lead, you know, world-class symphonies and they are treated like superstars, almost like a world-class athlete or just anybody who has just incredible power and also has, you know, the respect of an entire world, a special group of people. I never knew anything about this world. I believed it. Uh, Kate Blanchett plays Lydia Tarr, and she is the it person of the moment. And uh, she travels the world. She also conducts the uh, Berlin Symphony, which is, you know, uh, one of the best in the world and one of the marquee positions. She is fantastic at what she does, but it also carries with it the arrogance and overconfidence and... Tar becomes the architect of her own destruction. Her belief that she can use people for her own pleasure, she can toss them aside. And because she is a superstar, there are people around her that will protect her, prevent any blowback. They don't want stories getting out that would tarnish a Mm -hmm. reputation. So this can be applied to a lot of things. I mean, you could really easily uh, say Tar is the story of a, a Matt Lauer. On the Today Show, uh, this you know you could give it a Me Too movement kind of thing where it doesn't matter what the gender is; it's the absolute power given to somebody who is supposedly that good at what they do that they're able to get away with it for a long time until it comes crashing down. Kate Blanchett is a tour de force; she is fantastic in this movie. This is her role of a lifetime. The movie itself is a little slow. It's a little bit long, but it is entirely believable. It is nuanced. I thought there would be a lot more music, seeing that this is based on a <laughs> symphony conductor. I think there could have been some more, uh, but it's not. It is really about her personality, and it is so strong. And the people around her that put up with it and put up with it until they can't anymore. I would say somewhat dark nature of this film It really surprises me that this movie ends on a funny note. There's not a bit of comedy in the entire movie, but (laughs) the movie resolves itself almost comedically and in a way I never expected. So uh, if you think it's going to be that way all the way to the end, it's not going to be. It's terrific. It's really interesting, especially if you just find uh, that part of the You know, entertainment, interesting the the world of symphonies and you know world class musicians. It's a movie that I would watch for the role that Kate Blanchett plays, maybe like you would for Brendan Fraser in The Whale, more than the movie itself. But I'm gonna give it an eight, mostly based on Kate Blanchett.
2: To close us out here, I'll take She Said. Carrie Mulligan was tremendous while Zoe Kazan had her moments, but overall seemed average at best. Okay, so the movie, if you don't know, is about the just horrible situation in Hollywood surrounding Harvey Weinstein and all that he put his female employees and interns and uh, through. It's, 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 it's gross, it's detestable, but all that doesn't even need to be said, honestly. You should just know that we. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: We've been reading the headlines.
2: Yeah. A exactly. few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so. But the reason I bring up the acting first is because that was what I kind of had to go on. I watched the trailer as most of us, I think, did, whether it be on TV or at, at the theater itself. And I will tell you that there's not a whole lot left on the bone.
0: After the trailer, I I felt like I saw the movie when I saw the trailer. Yes, which is a whole another problem
2: that we talk about often. Actually, is that you you give away too much in the trailer. There is no point in going to see the film, but then if you don't give enough away, like in Avatar, Way of Water for me, then it doesn't make me want to go see it. So there is there is a fine balance there. There is a there is a fine line that studios and production companies have to toe, and this movie went way above and over. And so because the movie because the situation was so recent. Meaning, obviously, this horribleness happened over decades, but 2017 was when this actual story that they're trying to tell happened. It's fresh for most people. And so, therefore, there's not a whole lot of drama that is waiting for you because you know what the story is after you've seen the trailer. Yeah. So, all you have to do is sit down with select few reading resources and just read it for yourself. You don't have to go see a film. So, I think that hurt the box office this year for that film. did not come close to its budget and i think that's a big reason why it's almost as if the filmmakers relied on the real life horrifying story of harvey weinstein to sell tickets there's no other point to go see this movie
0: i would probably feel bad spending money to see this movie i know the money's not going to harvey weinstein but it's like connected to it sure right. yeah it makes sense
2: i left the theater feeling like a i'm more educated on the plight of women in male dominated professions so That's a victory for the film, uh, Mm -hmm. honestly, is that I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. Or, oh, of course they do that, but I never consciously thought of it. Just whatever it may be, there were several instances, several, not just one. There were several where I found myself reflecting in the theater being a 45-year-old white guy, right, who has never had to worry about certain things, right? Like, they make a point in the film to show the characters walking a busy street alone. And they make it they it's very obvious they're shooting it with that intention of making you feel like, oh, they are alone. They are unprotected. They They are isolated. They are vulnerable prey. So on one hand, I'm like, oh, I appreciate that filmmaking. That's that uh, as an audience member, I agree consciously or not that they are vulnerable. But on the other hand, I'm like, you're kind of pushing it like that may be very well how it is. But you're pushing an agenda, which we've talked about before on this show, where even if I agree with the agenda, I'm going to resist right? Just by nature. So there's a little bit of that. But again, overall, the movie was good. And it, it was, again, the acting performances were great by especially the people telling the story of the victims and not the reporters. Hearing the different stories from that perspective was really sobering. I mean, really sobering. So again, there are victories in this film. The act, Some acting is on point, other moments are not. It is worth seeing. No matter what gender you identify with, but there's very little drama. If you're going for the dramatic of a film, you're going for the wrong reasons. So
1: for that reason, I give it a six. All right, so let us know what you thought of these three movies because there's so many movies that are coming out this time of year. It's award season. Have you seen them? Social media interact with us. Untitled film project, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, follow us there. Subscribe, listen, leave us a review. What do you want out of our episodes? We want to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the untitled film project podcast to support the show. Please rate review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett.
0: The Untitled Film Project podcast is presented in cooperation with iHeartRadio.